to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp and i'm czar you hear that czar that's the sound of somebody who's missing i don't know huh didn't there used to be another guy here some guy that really likes nintendo or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think so i think it was always just us yeah that makes sense to me We miss you, Zach. I just think it is so funny how last week he bitches at me for being absent. And then the very next episode, he's gone. I don't want to hear from either of you. I'm here all the time, mostly because we use my PC for recording, but also because I'm dedicated, damn it. (laughs) All right. All right, Mr. Perfect Attendance. (laughs) Ooh, can I get a plaque? Are we doing plaques? I want that on my plaque. I'll get you a plaque. I'll get you a plaque especially made for that. All right. So something amazing happened in gaming last week, Czar. Uh, what is that thing that happened? You say amazing. Ugh. Okay, yeah, it was pretty cool, but it was the PlayStation 5 live game showcase event where they unveiled pretty much everything you need to know about the PS5. You think that it was just pretty cool? Not speaking out of my ass here, I think that is one of the most well-done gaming showcases ever put out by anybody. I think that was incredible. Come on. I'm a little begrudging here because it wasn't (laughs) Xbox, but no, you're right. Like, damn, it was phenomenal. I was like, my breath was just shallow the entire time because it was amazing. Were there times during the showcase where you just like were like open mouth gaping or just like clapping like a seal or just like just super excited? Oh, I think at least seven times. Oh my God. (laughs) So much stuff happened in that PlayStation event. And we're gonna go over most of it, but the way this is gonna work today is we're essentially doing it in phases. So we're gonna start off by talking about just generally what did we think of the event? Just like the animations, the speakers, the order of things, that kind of stuff. After that, we're actually gonna get into the meat and potatoes and talk about the games. And holy shit, there were a lot of games. That's an underestimation. It is. There were so many freaking games. Finally, we are going to give our thoughts on what we think of the design of the PlayStation 5. And I think this is where there's going to be uh, most of the controversy in what we think. I think opinions will differ a little bit. I totally agree. You can already go on Twitter and see what a shit show that's been turning into. I mean, just people. Have you seen the memes of people just like dressing up the PlayStation as like Seto Kaiba? And Well, I've been waiting for some new Twitter drama recently. It kind of died down for a couple days there. And then all of a sudden the PlayStation design came out and Twitter is just 
crazy. <laughs> so essentially, that is going to be the order of this little thing that we're doing, just talking about our thoughts from the PlayStation event. Now, obviously, I was ecstatic for the event, but even Zach was in awe of the event. Now, I'm not just saying this because he's not here to defend himself. He said that he might be team PlayStation now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, there was a song in everything. <laughs> <laughs> he put on like this 45 minute, like choreographed song. It was crazy. Oh yeah, no, I've got the actual full song to that. And it's, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach can't sing. But I can modify his voice into a techno beat to make him sound good. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. All right, Zara, what do you think? Is it time to jump into the event a little bit? Let's do it. So to kick off what we thought of the PlayStation event, uh, the first thing that we're going to be talking about is the presentation itself. Not necessarily the games or anything along those lines, but literally the presentation, the animations, the speakers. What did we think about that? And before I go off a little bit, Zara, I kind of wanted your opinion. I'm just going to let everything about Xbox go and just jump on the PlayStation bandwagon for this episode because there is no use resisting at this point. It was it was cool. Let's shake hands on this, Zar. No talking about how this is clearly one of the best presentations ever and it makes Nintendo and Xbox look like a big pile of poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, social distancing. I ain't touching your hand. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that's not even true. We have good things that we can say. First of all, Nintendo basically made these online events possible, right? Because Nintendo kicked it off with their Nintendo Direct. So they did a great job with that. And when we talked about Xboxes a little bit, it wasn't to say that theirs was bad necessarily, just lacking more than anything. They misjudged the representation that they were making. They were just putting out, you know, like a tiny little trickle of what was to come, but everybody was expecting basically what PlayStation just did. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I demand a truce. We're not talking Nintendo. We're not talking Xbox. No dirty, no, no dirty fighting. I'm throwing off the gauntlets. Let's just talk about how amazing this event was. What do you say, pal? What do you say, buddy? Let's do it. It'll be a nice change of pace from the uh, not safe space that the last few episodes <laughs> have been. <laughs> Just some nice, casual, relaxing music, sipping tea, and talking <laughs> about this wonderful event. All right, so I don't know if I got your opinion earlier. Uh, what did you think overall of the event? What did you think of the animations and the videography and the speakers they had? What did you think of all that? Well, for starters, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I know we said no Xbox talk, but this is the last of it. That's how Xbox should have done a fucking show. <laughs> That's all I'll say. The second thing that I thought of was, holy crap. This looks exactly like E3. Like, I felt like I was watching PlayStation's exact E3 showcase, and I could hear the people clapping in the background. That's funny that you mentioned that, because, like, all the reactions I've seen and all the YouTubers I like to watch for, like, my news on gaming, that's exactly what they said, too, was this was incredibly reminiscent of E3. And honestly, I think that's kind of why this event has been received so well, is because ever since all our favorite, you know, conferences have been getting canceled. We've all been aching for events like this. And I think PlayStation busted the fucking door down. Absolutely. It, PlayStation couldn't have 
done a better job. And I love the fact that it was set up very reminiscently of E3. You know, coming from somebody who's never actually been to an E3, I always watch it online. And since I'm not getting it this year, this was the next best thing. And this was, you know, it just oddly felt like home. It was very comforting. Something else I really liked about the event. Well, there's lots I liked about the event. The, list, the smaller <laughs> list is what you don't like about the event. I just wanted to mention this. I liked the speakers that they had in the PlayStation event. I like how nobody, and not to say they don't deserve it, but I did like how nobody had their podium for very long. I liked how when there was somebody that was talking, they were there for less than a minute and then they shut up and got to the gameplay because they know that's why people are here. You know, nobody dragged on with their story of the game, but you could still see a bunch of very passionate speakers talking about their games or the history of the event. I thought that was incredibly well done. Oh yeah, I noticed that too. You know, for being a showcase that was like, what, an hour and a half almost? I think there was maybe a total of... 15 minutes of the developers talking. Like, you want to give them the spotlight because obviously these are the guys that are spearheading the gaming industry and giving us all this amazing content. But like I said, they also understand that we're here for the games. We want to see what the next generation of gaming is going to look like on the PlayStation. So nobody overstayed their welcome. I love that about the event. Well, it just kind of makes me feel like we might be exiting a phase where, and, and this may sound a little bit dumb, so just try to follow me, I guess. We are, were in an age where, you know, video games were just on the rise. They didn't have this monumentous impact that they do currently. And so every game had to have a story. And it sounds a little bit dickish to say, but you know, every game seemed to have some sort of sob story about why you should buy it and why you should care about the developer and what they're doing and what they put into this game. I mean, yes, I love the game. I'm gonna love everything that they put into this game. You don't necessarily need those stories. And so that was the nice difference with this PS5 event is because they got the good stuff out of the way. They got to the meat and potatoes. You could really tell the passion, the drive and the love that went into the creation of all of these games. And, you know, you really felt close and welcomed by the developers without hearing a big long spiel about why they made the game they made. That's exactly right. I couldn't have put that any better myself. The last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was, did you get chills during this amazing little recap at the very beginning of the event where it kind of went over PlayStation's big games and all the characters we loved? Well, we are 90s children, so nostalgia is our forte. And so absolutely, all of the hair in the back of my neck was just porcupined. I mean, holy shit. It's just, I did, like I said, chills going over just everything great PlayStation has done over the last, you know, two decades. It's crazy. Seeing where we've been to where we are now is just mind-blowing. You can't fathom it almost because it's crazy. The technological leap that has occurred with video games in just 20 years. I mean, from giant two-ton arcade machines that were just fueled off of quarters and shattered childhood dreams <laughs> to amazing theater home surround systems that has every form of digital entertainment possible. Oh my God, this event was good. 
Yeah, PlayStation's pretty freaking cool, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's pretty much just going over the format for the event. I mean, overall, the way they presented everything, and in the middle of it all, they kind of went over a little bit of a controller demo, too. I don't even think we talked about that. Well, they saved it all for the end, which was really cool, because, you know, you had been thinking about it, and you just when you thought that the event was over and that all they had to show you was games, Boom, they come out with the technology and those controllers are really freaking cool. With the design of everything when it's first released, it gets controversy, but I think the key when you first see consoles and controllers is to kind of let it settle a little bit. I think placement of, yeah, where they decided to do that in the event could not have been more perfect. You know, you're hyped for the games. You're hyped to see all the new stuff coming out. And then bam, they hit you with the way the controller and the console looks. And it's just like, it's icing on the cake is what it is. That was perfect placement. All right, so that's pretty much just the organization and like the overall feel for the event. I think we pretty much put a nice little bow on that. Now it is time to talk about the games. Oh my God, what a showcase. Oh my games. Before we jump into each game, just a little bit about them all, I wanted to just say what I something I liked about the showcase or something I really, really appreciated was actually kind of how I thought I'd be disappointed with the event in the beginning. We got maybe like five or six huge titles that we knew and that we loved, but about 80% of what was given in the showcase were original titles, things that are new, things that are coming out within the next couple of years. Not only that, but I think they featured a couple indie games specific for PlayStation 2. Absolutely. And I always, always, always appreciate love towards the indie game developers. It's like Reggie fils said, you know, every big time game company started off as an independent developer. It's just really exciting to see where these people are and where they're going. And I'm so happy that they got some representation in this showcase. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. And that's another thing that was just phenomenal about this event was the diversity of games. Because like you said, they, they covered some of the major titles. And I think you were right about every major title that they showed. You guessed that they were going to show that. I was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, you were like, you did almost like you had some insider information there. I'm a little bit worried, but... <laughs> You keep your fucking mouth shut. Oh. <laughs> I wish I had that insider info. You know, I'm just good at guessing. I mean, once you know a system inside out enough, you kind of get a feel for what they're going to showcase because they've already been hinting and talking about it pre previously. All right. So now I think it's time to just go down the list of games that they talked about in order and just give a little snippet of what we thought about each title and exactly what it is. What do you think? Are you ready to get in it? All right. Yeah, let's break this thing down. All right. So the very first thing that they showed in the showcase, which, you know what, if I had a little skepticism at any point in this event, honestly, it was at this point when the very first thing they showed off was GTA 5. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that set me off on the wrong foot a little bit when they showed that i was like oh here we go this is this is gonna suck <laughs> i didn't necessarily think that it was gonna suck i'm just like we've been grand theft autoed fived out at this point i mean it's been out for like what three almost four years now oh dude no way much longer than that like, holy shit, you're bringing it to the next gen? I mean, of course you are, because it's the latest GTA, and every console has to have new GTA. 
but still. Grand Theft Auto V was released in September 17th of 2013. In all fairness though, Grand Theft Auto Online, which is essentially a brand new game for Grand Theft Auto, that's only been out for a little while. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the hype kind of revitalized itself there a little bit. And I'm glad you mentioned the GTA V Online because the promotion that they're doing up until launch is is just redonkulous. It's goddamn ridiculous is what it is. One million dollars in GTA cash every month until the launch of GTA V. Not only that, but owners of the PlayStation 5 will get GTA Online for free at launch. Yeah, that's incredibly generous. It really is considering, like, I don't know the numbers by any means, but I know that GTA Online has made these people a lot of goddamn money. Has made Rockstar a lot of goddamn money. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of it. They started off with GTA 5. Um, they promised better graphics, better gameplay. And you know what? From the event, it did look beautiful. That's something else about the event that we didn't even mention. Almost all of the gameplay that we saw for every single game that was brought up in the event was actual gameplay footage from a PlayStation 5. Isn't that incredible? The, int the bottom of the screen permanently set shot in PlayStation 5 for best experience or something like that. And I, yeah, I was blown away. That's what I'm saying is like, I was a little iffy when they said GTA 5, but at the same time, I was like, okay, this looks really, really good. And with GTA Online being where it is right now, I am not surprised. If you promise GTA on launch, you're gonna sell a shitload of consoles because GTA is that game that people will constantly go back to when they wait for other games to come out. It's a great bullshitting game. <laughs> Seven years later, they're they're offering it on launch and people are pumped about it. So, I mean, that means they're doing something good. GTA 5 is going to be a launch title for the PlayStation 5. It looks good. They're giving out lots of good stuff for the people that own the PlayStation 5 at launch. And they're giving away, again, $1 million per month to all the PlayStation 4 Grand Theft Auto players. So by all means, get into that. Like we said, a little bit of an odd start to the event, but from there, in my opinion, it was banger after banger after banger. Oh, it absolutely was. But quick side note first, we talked about how it was a little disappointing to see the very first game being a revamp for the launch title. But I asked, do you think they did that on purpose just to throw a little shit in Xbox's face? because theirs was just a third party demonstration. You know, I didn't even think of it like that, to be honest. I mean, I had the suspicion that PlayStation and Xbox were kind of in this position where they were waiting for somebody to make the first move to see kind of what they could to do to outdo each other, but maybe even shoot a few shots, maybe? I mean, I could see it because I think it's hilarious. And that was my first thought because when I saw GTA 5 pop up, I was like, oh, here we go. Struggled through that, went on to the next game and I was just absolutely wowed. I was like, oh, well, there went my expectations. <laughs> The game that came out after GTA 5 was Spider-Man Miles Morales. Man, that game looked solid. So this is going to be the direct sequel to the Spider-Man game that came out on the PlayStation 4, which was phenomenal, by the way. Miles Morales is one of the coolest people I know. You're right. He is from Into the Spider-Verse. But in most comic books and movies where Miles Morales is introduced, Peter Parker dies. 
but in this case, the ending of Spider-Man, spoilers, I guess, because we had this conversation for a game that's two years old now. No. Peter Parker does not die. Wait, is this a, is it a spoiler to say that someone does not die? I think it is. I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, if you're if you're going in expecting for somebody to die and then they don't die, that's kind of a spoiler. Oh, that's not to say no one dies. It's just not Peter Parker. <laughs> well, somebody always dies. So that's what makes this amazing. But let's talk about what made the gameplay amazing. First of all, Spider-Man Miles Morales, they told us right off the bat that this is going to come out in 2020. Now, they didn't specify if it's going to be a launch title or not, but I have a feeling it's going to be a launch title. I'd wager it'd be pretty close to launch. I don't know if they're going to toss all their darts at the launch table, but I think it'll be before... Well, I mean, obviously, if they say 2020, it'll be before the year's out, so probably more around Christmas. That's fair. I mean, we have nothing but speculation at this point. The point is, though, that Spider-Man Miles Morales, we finally got that announcement for the sequel to the Spider-Man game. It looked amazing. The story looks incredible. Who doesn't love Miles Morales? And you called that game. You called this exact game to be shown. I did. I did. (laughs) And I made a few other correct calls, too, but we'll get into that in a little while. Yeah, I'm going to point them all out. So, yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales. If the first game was kind of a weird turn, this This is the game where you're like, okay, this event's going to be fucking killer. It's always fun to play a Spider-Man game. And so I've always had a good time with it. After Spider-Man Miles Morales, we got a little look into a racing game called Gran Turismo 7. I was wondering when this series would pop up again. It's always been my opinion that if you're super into racing games, this is actually where Xbox has a little bit of a lead on PlayStation because I've heard nothing but great things about the Forza series. That being said, Gran Turismo 7, which was announced as well, looks fantastic. Did you see that gameplay that they featured, Czar? Yeah, it was really cool. The graphics looked absolutely amazing. So realistic. We were saying amazing, I mean, back when PlayStation 4 was coming out. We need a new word to describe how absolutely mind-boggling and incredible this game is probably going to look on the PlayStation 5. It's wicked shiny. Yeah. All right. Patent that. Make sure sure we patent that. I want money. Fuck. Where's our notary? Notary! (laughs) Where you at? Where you at? If any fans of the Game Team Podcast are notaries, please hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) Bring your stamp. We need the stamp. Okay. So, Zara, have you, how are you with racing games? Are you a big fan at all? I like racing games when you can crash into other cars and cause destruction. So, those hardcore, dedicated racing games, I'm just no good at. I'm absolute garbage. I'm usually in the same boat, but with the gameplay we've got of Gran Turismo 7, the way that it's going to show off the ray tracing capabilities of the PlayStation 5, I'm probably picking this up. I don't even care. It was so gorgeous. I mean, just for a Sunday drive game, you don't even have to participate in races. Just drive around the country. (laughs) I think what's also really important that I noticed, if you looked closely um, at the gameplay, you could see like paddle shifting um, on the steering wheel for these racing cars. Yeah. I think that the haptic feedback that's coming through the PlayStation 5's new controller is really going to shine here in this game. If you really want a demonstration of what this new controller is going to be capable of, I think Gran Turismo 7 is where you're going to be able to feel it the most. Oh, I can't wait to hear the sound the race cars make from the the controller. Oh my god.
God, it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. I'm excited for a racing game for the very first time in my entire life. My crotch is going to sound like a race car. Yeah, <laughs> I get to say that since Zach's not here. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that in their opinions, this next game is really, really the highlight of the entire event. And it is the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart demonstration. I called this one. Did you call this one? Yeah, I said there was probably going to, or at least I hoped that there was going to be new Ratchet and Clank. I'll take that. I, I thought it was wicked shiny. It was so cool. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And I've, real talk here, I have never been a huge fan of Ratchet and Clank. Who the fuck is that guy? Not a huge fan. I like the game. I liked people watching people play the game, but I've never been a huge fan. But again, this watching this gameplay, I was mesmerized. And that was like, that's it. I'm buying this game. No doubt about it. Okay, well, I will say this. So for a game series that was literally written into a, well, figuratively written into a corner, so much so that developers decided to scrap every previous story and start over on the PS4. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the sequel to that reboot of the Ratchet and Clank game, and it does not follow any sort of story arc from the original trilogy that, well, people like me know, but instead this one focuses on interdimensional rift traveling. So it was it was a little hard to understand, and even watching the developer play this game, you could tell that they struggled a little bit from just the shuffling and trying to stabilize yourself from throwing your grappling hook across the map in reaching into a dimensional rift and pulling yourself virtually across the room in that moment in time. It's very disorienting and looks like it causes a lot of hard times for gamers, but it just looks so fun. And there were a lot of really cool hints and Easter eggs. And I would love to go over some of the Easter eggs I saw from that video because Insomniac is nothing if they aren't for Easter eggs. That's fair. That's fair. Those are some good observations that I didn't really notice. All I wanted to say was that I thought that this was the greatest demonstration in the entire gameplay trailer of how amazing this new solid state drive technology is going to be. Because did you see how fast you were transferring from world to world with no loading times whatsoever and doing things and the explosions and the worlds and how crazy it all was. Yeah, and you know, I'm honestly wondering if that beginning scene when Ratchet and Clank are just diving through chaos in multiple dimensions, I couldn't figure out if that was cutscene or actual playtime. When it was up close to the characters, there was clearly animation, like it was cutscene animation. And then it would switch into kind of gameplay, but with how fluid the character was moving, it looked like it was a cutscene. And I don't know if that's just because the developer practice like a thousand times just to show off the game or if the game is really that powerful at making you feel like a badass i mean that's the way god of war did it was essentially there was never a time where there was a cutscene. even when like something cinematic was happening 
the camera just strayed away from Kratos and then came back when it was time to play the game again. So I don't know. It could be kind of like that where it's a mix of both. But you know what? Even if it was gameplay mixed in with cutscenes, I was incredibly impressed. Couple quick Easter eggs that I saw. So one of them saw a brief glimpse of one of the most iconic villains in the Ratchet and Clank series, Dr. Nefarious. And it was just like the tip of his head, but you could like see his hand scratching his head from a distance or something like that. And he was just kind of standing in the background. Okay. And so I don't know if he has anything to do with this or if it, or if I'm completely crazy and it was just somebody who was Dr. Nefarious's alien species. I don't know. The second one that I'm most curious about is I think think that Ratchet and Clank jumped into Jack and Daxter's world. That would be amazing. I would love that. Halfway through the gameplay, when they crash through one of the rifts and Clank says, where are we? And Ratchet says, I don't know. It looks familiar. And then there's all the flying cars around them. I think that was Jack and Daxter's world because I pretty sure I saw some, um, oh, what are the Royal Guards? I think I saw some Royal Guards like chasing metalheads way off in the distance. The Crimson people. I don't remember yeah, what they called. The, the Crimson I, Guard I, Royal I don't whatever. remember. It doesn't matter. But yeah, no. So I think that Jack and Daxter may play a brief cameo in this game. I don't know. Could be crazy, but that's just what I saw. Hey, that's a great observation. We need to move on because we've got a lot to cover. Holy shit, I know. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> All right, now, to be fair, to be fair, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was one of the big... If I had to pick three huge highlights from this entire demo, Ratchet and Clank was definitely one of them. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I think it deserves that talking time. But I actually did want to talk about this next game called Project Athea. This game, essentially what we saw, this is showing off the graphics a little bit. This is going to be a new game coming to PlayStation. It's from Square Enix, so you know it's probably going to be badass. Now, what we saw here was it's a very realistic looking game, beautiful. It's going to show off a lot of the ray tracing of the world. Essentially, what I got from it was kind of like Tomb Raider type of vibes with the way you navigate the world. But then you you have like plant powers. Did you see that? Yeah, that was some crazy shit. It looked amazing and it looked like a lot of fun and the world looked incredible. And I am calling, if you want to talk about things that we're calling out, I'm calling this out now. That's going to be a very heavy hitter for the PlayStation 5. That's going to go down as one of its big games. That could win maybe even some visual award at, game, at the Game Awards. I don't think it's out of the question. I don't at all. So yeah, Project Athea was incredible. Another new game. That one is a third party, by the way. Yep, from Square Enix. They've developed Kingdom Hearts. They've developed other games, I'm sure. Kingdom Hearts is all that matters. So I don't think that one will be exclusive, but it was wicked shiny. Even if it's not an exclusive, I'm just excited to see it firsthand on the PlayStation 5. I mean, the mix of third parties and first parties was incredible. Yeah, that's part of what made this event so great was seeing that diversity that they're about to bring to the table at the end of the year. And I don't think there's anything that shows that off more than this next game, which I'm not going to lie, Zar, I thought of you when I saw it. You know what it is? Yeah. It's Stray. It's a game called Stray. Oh my God, I'm so excited. 
I, as <laughs> as I was watching this showcase, I texted you and Zach, and I was like, guys, I might buy a PlayStation just so I can play as a cat. Just to play as this cat. With a backpack. With a backpack. So we didn't get much of the story of this game. It looks like a dystopian world with androids. There's androids walking around everywhere, but you don't see any humans. And in fact, you see graffiti on like the walls. It's kind of like, you know, a bad part of town where it says by humans. And, you know, essentially, where did the humans go? And the, the humans are extinct. The opening scene was just rip humanity. Yeah. But then amid all that chaos, when you're like, what is this? All of a sudden, the little black kitty cat with a backpack shows up and, <laughs> and I felt much better. Yeah, and he just struts around, goes to the top of a flagpole, looks at the screen and meows. And it's the most goddamn adorable thing ever. Oh my God. So that's basically all that we got was a little glimpse of that gameplay, but I'm probably calling that a heavy hitter now right now too, just because there's a lot of cat fans. It looks like it might be a really deep story oriented game too. That'll make me cry. That would make, that's amazing. Cause you know, those are my favorite kind of games. All right. So that's all we had for Stray. Like I said, they didn't really give us a whole lot other than a little look into the gameplay. Nah, I'm sure we'll get more of that when it comes closer to releasing. Up next, we had an odd looking game called Returnal. I wanted to get your opinion on this a little bit, Zar, because honestly, this is kind of where in my mind, I was kind of like, I was a little iffy about this game. So Returnal was essentially, it was like that spaceship game with uh, that lady that was reliving the same day over and over again, except at the end of the day, she died somehow. Oh yeah, I thought that was the Turing test. Well, there was a couple different games that had this concept eventually, but the first one they had was Returnal. It was that woman in the spacesuit. It was definitely trippy for sure. It was it was weird. And I mean, I, I understood the premise of it, but I just could not tell what the player would be doing, you know, aside from just running around the ship. It, it was just so interesting and, and none of it made sense to me. <laughs> I think that was kind of the point. This isn't a, this wasn't a part of the gameplay where you were supposed to really see what the hell was going on, but rather, rather in my mind, another demonstration of like what the PlayStation can do. There's no doubt that it looked great. It piqued my interest. Yeah. From my understanding of the story, that's essentially what it is, is it's about a woman who is reliving the same day. She's like in space. I think she's like part of the space force or whatever. And at the end of each one of those days, she would die, but then she would just wake back up in the spaceship and redo the day over again, except the world looks different and she dies in a different fashion. It's definitely an interesting concept to say the least. Yeah, it, and she's trying to piece back together her memories and each time she dies at the end of the day she gets closer to figuring out what the hell's going on come on that sounds awesome it don't make no damn sense <laughs> lots of games didn't control made no sense the game that came out last year for ps4 control but hell that was a lot of fun it's true and i'm sure i'll love it it's it's definitely a mind fuckery though all right so next up the next game that was presented was Sackboy: a big adventure now this is a little big planet game. Czar, what did you think? When was the last time you played a little big planet game? Uh, full disclosure, I've never actually played a little big planet game. You know what? <laughs> I'm not going to give you flack on that. I've played one. It's, I wouldn't even say it's got a cult following because it's pretty popular. It's just like not a huge hit, I would say, but it's like really close. It's, it's odd. It's weird. Let's put it this way. 
I know a lot of people that were ecstatic when they saw a Little Big Planet game. If you don't know what Little Big Planet is, it's um, a platformer where you play as this little brown, like, hacky sack guy, and it's just a creative platformer with, like, the world changing. It honestly reminds me of, like, you know, Yoshi's Crafted World or something like that, where the environments are, like, super creative and funky, but it's just this super fun platformer. Super cutesy. I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. It was... And I I have not thought about Little Big Planet for years, so I was incredibly shocked when they pulled out Little Big Planet out of nowhere. And I was just kind of like, good for you guys reviving that series. Like, it's a really cool first-party title that you guys should continue to make games for because it's so child-friendly. It it really is. And where there's a child-friendly game, I shall be there because I am just a big adult person who also likes kid things. We're all a bunch of man-children here. It's 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 true. We just got some uh, demonstrations of the gameplay. The worlds look beautiful. The puzzles in those games are also always really, really creative. And I like to put my thinker to the test sometimes, so... Yeah, I think I'll enjoy this one a lot. What do you say to some co-ops, Zar? I would I would definitely play some uh, Sackboy Adventures with you, and this totally seems like a game you would pick up. I'm excited for you to pick it up so I can stop by and play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to spend your money so I can reap the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for this next game, it's really funny earlier that you mentioned uh, that you kind of wish Gran Turismo 7 was like a smash em up derby kind of game because Destruction All-Stars is exactly that. So while I get Gran Turismo, you can get Destruction All-Stars. Did you see the gameplay for that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a giant uh, demo derby. Mud in the cars, breaking them, and just so much carnage. Looks so much fun. I loved the art style of this because while Gran Turismo was kind of boasting the realism of what the PlayStation 5 can do, Destruction All-Stars kind of had a more cartoony feel to the characters and to the cars. But essentially what it is, is it's just just a car smashy derby you run into each other and you hit each other and the courses are a lot of fun and it looked incredible definitely one of those party game pick em ups so look forward to that up next we had kina bridge of spirits now in my opinion this is the game that boasted probably the best looking gameplay trailer out of any of the games here. Did you see that, Zar, for Kina Bridge of Spirits? Oh, yeah. Was this the game that looked a lot like Breath of the Wild? You know what? Yes, it had big Breath of the Wild vibes. The first thing you see are those very cute little uh, black character thingamajigs, and you have that woman with, like, her little staff that, like, can command them around or something. And, like, it had all the red vines, and the planet was dying, and there was a weird alien jackal-looking thing. It's a jackal. It was covered... It's a jackal. It's a jackal. Jackal. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> the jackal. It had all the red vines on it, and you know it was dying. And 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 the lady was like, "I gotta save this world. I gotta hug all the trees, except these red vines because they're evil for some reason, and they're invasive, and they're sucking all of our plant life and animal life." Sounds like my ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Hi-oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Kina Bridge of Spirits, it had a great art style. It looked gorgeous. The gameplay looked like a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely the adventure kind of game with a deep story. 
Probably not going to be a big co-play type of scene, I'm not going to say, or like multiplayer. I think it's going to be strictly single player. I think so too. But if that's your kind of game, like I literally wrote my notes here, like this is my kind of game. Oh yeah, I would pick that game up. This is the kind of game I know I would love, so. I don't know anything about this game, but you will easily drop 150 hours into it. I am sure. The next game on this list was Goodbye Volcano High. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> this fucking game, what the fuck? So this is where a lot of people watching the event was thrown off. Goodbye Volcano High, when it first came on to the gameplay trailer, you saw some really cartoony looking uh, animal people in high, and they were like in high school. It's dinosaur in- high school. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> and- Okay, so essentially, we didn't get a lot of gameplay, more like um, just a little bit of like the cutscenes. If you remember listening to our fav- our top 10 favorite games, one of mine was a game called Night in the Woods. This game is incredibly reminiscent to me of Night in the Woods in that one, it's got like the animal people with problems and they're all in high school and trying to deal with life but also because it seems like it's going to have a pretty deep story behind like kind of the cartoony nature of the game. If there's one thing I love in a game, it's when you're totally expecting like kind of this, you know, lighthearted cartoony adventure and there's something really dark and real and just emotional underneath it all. That's what I was kind of getting out of Goodbye Volcano High. Say what you want to say about this game for as silly as it looked. And it definitely did look silly about being <laughs> in high school. But it looks dark. Like it it would make me cry 100% for sure. I would bawl like a baby because it's all about coming to the re- self-realization that their species is coming to an end because it's Volcano High. They're dinosaurs. They're going to go extinct soon. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to experience it while they're in high school. That's a really good prediction of what the game's going to be. How crazy would that be? description right here. It says a cinematic narrative game that touches on love, friendship, and self-realization in the final days of civilization. Jesus Christ. I want to play this game so badly. A lot of, like I said, a lot of people, this is where they got turned off for just a minute. Me, I was entranced. I want to play this game very much so. Well, I kind of didn't pay attention for half of it because I was like, what the fuck is this? Okay, here we go. Tuning out. (laughs) It started getting dark and like real and deep. And I started paying attention and I was like, oh, God, no, you will play in this band forever. You're not going anywhere. So yeah, this is my kind of game. I'm calling it right off the bat. It's going to be a walking simulator with a deep story. If that's your kind of game, great. If not, I totally understand, but it is something that I love. Like I said, very reminiscent of things like Night in the Woods, Life is the Life is Strange series. So if those are your kinds of games, I guarantee Goodbye Volcano High is probably going to be along those lines. Break out the tissues. This next game um, actually had an odd amount of hype behind it. And I was like the last to this show because apparently this game had a little bit of a following. It's called Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah, dude, I, w- I was talking about Oddworld in a couple episodes ago. Were you really? Yeah, and I'm really pissed off about this game because it was an Xbox exclusive. Ha <laughs> ha! Ha! Actually, no, that's not true because Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, I think was originally for the PlayStation or PlayStation 2. But then 
it came out for the Xbox original, and then they made a sequel for the Xbox original called Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Now this game, Oddworld Soulstorm, is a direct sequel of uh, Munch's Odyssey. Now I think I said Abe's Odyssey, but I think I meant Munch's Odyssey. And um, where, yeah, you play as Munch and he escaped, everything's all happy and good. He didn't get ground up into soda. And <laughs> so now he, it is his task to basically Harriet Tubman, all of his friends to safety. Okay, I'm, <laughs> we're gonna take that joke out. <laughs> I don't know, I kind of like, I think Harriet Tubman's a hero. She is, and that's what Abe's doing. He he is escorting all of his species out of this giant factory that is going to ground them up into paste. Okay, so my question is, is this a remake then? No, this is a sequel. This is an all-new sequel. Wow, wow. This continues and finalizes the main character of the first game's story because that game was... That game has a cult classic following. People loved it. Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, it was good. It was well-perceived. But people wanted to know what happened to Munch or Abe. I still don't know if I'm getting those names right. But whoever that main character was. And so they finally made that sequel. Well, you know what? I'm glad they're kind of rehashing this then. Because like I said, I was very surprised at the feedback that they were getting from Oddworld. Because... Of the top five games that were talked about when this event was all said and done, Oddworld was probably like, it wasn't number one or two, but it was down at like five or some people's fourth. And I was like, what's what's all the hubbub, bub? What's, uh, what's this game all about? So, Because I genuinely didn't know about it. Oh my God, man. You need to jump on the train. It is such a cool and immersive world. It is phenomenal. And I am particularly excited about this game because it is so reminiscent to a game I used to play back in grade school on like an OG PC called Lemmings. Did you ever play Lemmings on your school's computers? I did not play Lemmings on my school's computers. Oh my God. So you get essentially these like little tiny gnome looking characters and they drop into the map and they just walk back and forth, back and forth. Well, your job is to escape, escort them to the exit without them falling into saw blade traps or lava or being eaten by spiders by like real time modifying the map to make the best possible track to keep them safe. This game rem reminds you of that then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you you set your your stage up and you, you get everything going. You let your people go and you take out all of the obstacles and the things that'll kill your people. And if you don't, you just watch your your 50 followers get ground into paste in a matter of seconds. Oh, that's exciting. And they'll walk off a cliff and you'll yell at them and be like, how could you be so stupid? But they're just a bunch of lemmings, you know? It's not their fault. They're dumb. All right. So that was a little bit on Oddworld Soulstorm. All right. Now, if I had to make a top three of the games I was most excited for in this demonstration, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was the next game after Oddworld, would be up there. Czar, did you see this game? Now, I know we've coined this phrase tonight. But damn, that game was wicked shiny. Oh my God, wicked shiny doesn't even... Dude, Ghostwire Tokyo. So this is going to be another game that boasts 
just how powerful the new PlayStation is going to be. The gameplay we got, so obviously it takes place in Tokyo. It's like, it seems to be a first person shooter where you also get like powers and spells, but also weapons to use all from the first person. It reminded me a lot of the game. I actually talked about it earlier called uh, Control, which was a big hitter for the PlayStation 4 a couple of years ago. It was up for a bunch of awards, but yeah, it gave me a ton of the vibes of that. And Japanese culture, I don't know why. It's an it's a bit of an enigma in the States right now, and people just kind of love it. So I am all for giving this game a try. What do you think? Oh, the monsters in this game look terrifying. Oh yeah, I can't wait. It was in cooperation with Bethesda Softworks. So, and I mean, I love Bethesda. So I think this game is really gonna be a huge hit. It looks creepy, it looks immersive, it looks fast paced, and it just looks like a hell of a lot of fun. It really does. And yeah, you said it, you're calling it, and I'm gonna call it. This one's definitely gonna get a lot of praise from PlayStation fans too. I I already know. I can just tell just by looking at it that it's gonna be incredible. Oh yeah. So I don't even know what to think of this next game after Ghostwire Tokyo. It's called Jet the Far Shore. The gameplay that we got in the PlayStation event was essentially you're like in this rocket ship and you're blasting off from the earth and like navigating around it. We're not getting much of a story here. All we're getting is some really pretty gameplay. That's all I really had to take away from that. What do you think, Zar? Yeah, it, you know, it was weird because the first scene, they're shooting off into space and like they're in space. And then the very next scene, they're like skittering around on an ocean and like the waves are going. It, it, it was weird. Um, and it's definitely not going to be one of those long playthrough or very expensive games, I'm sure. And there's probably not going to be too much story, I wouldn't think. It's just kind of one of those racer, uh, landscape, driver games. I kind of got that vibe. I mean, there's a lot of those indie games that kind of just have a really short gameplay with a really neat story to tell. I don't think we saw a developer here, but that's kind of the vibes I'm getting is that it's not going to... It was from Super Brothers and Pine Scented. Okay. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Um, anybody who loves a good interstellar game, uh, that's going to be right up your alley, especially, um, it had a really, really short video to it. So we only got like a minute of what was going on. So therefore not a whole lot of the story, but hell, if you're one of those people that can't resist anything with space or rocket ships, I think this is going to be your game. It's definitely looked beautiful. For sure. I mean, you can say that about all these games, just how gorgeous they all looked. It's incredible. I can't wait. That's true. Common denominator. All right. Now, this next guy, um, it's funny because Zach actually wanted us to touch on this a little bit because he said it was getting slept on hard. Well, he's not here. Yeah, that's right. If he really wanted to say, he would be here. Yeah, that's right. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Rabble! <laughs> he mentioned that he thinks Godfall is going to get slept on pretty hard and that we should do it some justice and talk about it a little bit in our episode. I'm going to be completely honest. When I first saw the trailer for Godfall, I rolled my eyes a little bit. It's just clearly not my kind of game. It looks like a hack and slash with like gods and Vikings and people with n- not even Vikings, I would say. What are these people, Zar? I have no idea. All I know is that you're apparently a Valorian knight. That is the only warrior that can equip 
Valor plates, which turns you into like some sort of metal melee master or something, and you're fighting. Yeah, what what were those enemies? What'd you call them? Vikings. The enemies seem to be like some type of undead or maybe some warriors from the gods or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, like, I really like the setting. The gameplay seems cool. It just doesn't seem like my kind of game. That being said, though, it does look cool. It does seem to have a really great setting to it. And yeah, kind of the vibes I was getting is that it's a hack and slash. Valorian Knights, Godlike Warriors. There seems to be a lot of really fast-paced combat. Um, when Zach said that this game is probably going to get slept on, he wasn't joking. I mean, of all the games talked about in this entire trailer, I've probably heard Godfall talked about the least out of all of them. I think it'll have a very specific niche following. It very well could. It very well could. And I think it deserves it. Just because I don't think I'll play it doesn't mean necessarily I think it's going to be bad. Yeah, just because you're not going to play it, doesn't mean that nobody should play it. it it definitely looks like it could be fun for a certain skill set of gamer yeah i mean if hack and slashy type games are your type of deal and the setting sounds interesting to you by all means give it a look it has its place it had its place and it is very exciting but not as exciting as this next title after that we got a very interesting looking game called solar ash I'm getting some really big like vibes from like, I want to say it's giving me some Dead Cells vibe, not necessarily in the side scrolling, like hack and slashy type feel a little bit more in the art style, more or less. Yeah, I could see that. It's not more on the realistic side. It's more on the really artistic looking side with vibrant colors in a vibrant world. That being said, it's absolutely gorgeous kind of towards the middle of this uh, demonstration for all these games. They're kind of giving us just snippets of what each of these games are going to look like rather than telling us what the hell is going on. (laughs) So, Right. I think that's the common theme until pretty much the end. What I will say is that this is by far one one of the most beautiful looking games in this whole set. And like I said, it's not realistic looking. It's definitely got kind of this cartoony looking vibe to it, but the colors are vibrant. The world is vibrant. The gameplay looks fun. I've yammered on enough, Zara. I want to hear what you think. I don't think I have anything to add because you expressed my sentiments to the T. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was spot on, man. Okay, up next, Hitman 3. Now, I am not a very big fan of the Hitman series. I know a lot of people who are. And if you're looking for whatever the next great action thriller spy game is going to be, this is going to be your game. The gameplay that we got shows just how gorgeous it's going to be. A little bit of the gameplay. Once again, we're not getting a whole lot of the story here. Zar, what did you think? I haven't heard about Hitman in, in quite a few years. Again, it's one of those titles. Um, I have, I think, two or three different Hitman games downloaded on different systems. And, you know, I've tried them out a couple times. It's not really my type of game. There's a, a huge stealth aspect to it of like executing targets stealthily, hiding the bodies, uh, knocking people out, taking their disguises, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it it takes a very brilliant and tactical mind to play this game. And this game just looks like it's another step in the right direction for the franchise. It looks beautiful. And apparently the story is, is very like, it's deeply connected with the previous Hitman titles because this is the 
third in like a trilogy. I mean, Hitman's one of those big titles that most people know about. So it's essentially just going to be another Hitman game. But like we've been saying, it looks like it's going to be gorgeous. It looks like it's going to be fun. So if those type of games are your cup of tea. Up next, we had Astro's Playroom. Now, this is an interesting game. This is a very interesting game because in my opinion, Astro's Playroom is kind of to the PlayStation what one to switch was to the Nintendo Switch and that I think it's going to be a really big demonstration for what the controller for the PlayStation can do. Oh, I absolutely agree because I mean the the trailer started out with the startup screen for the PlayStation 5 and then all of a sudden out jumps this little robotic sprite from your controller and it's very cute and it's fun and he goes on lots of adventures and it looked very Mario like. <laughs> That's funny that you say that because I was getting some super big Mario vibes from this game. It's uh It really looks like one of those titles that that PlayStation could possibly just give out with every console on launch for free because it is such a PlayStation hype game. More than anything, I mean, it does look like it's got its own little story. It looks like a really great platformer with really cool settings, kind of like um Little Big Planet, the Little Big Planet trailer that we saw earlier. But I do think more than anything this game is really going to do a great job of showcasing the controller and what the console can do a little bit more. So I would love to see this as a game that came with PlayStations. Um, I still think it's probably going to be a 40 to $50 title though. It might be. I don't know. I just have a sneaking suspicion that everybody who buys a PlayStation 5 will somehow or another play this game. Okay, after that, um, Little Devil Inside was the next game. Now, this was an interesting looking game. Uh, Zar, I kind of thought maybe it'd be something you're into. I was very intrigued by it. It was it was very dark and set in a Victorian-like era. I had a hard time telling what was actually going on. It looked like there was a lot of sneaking and stealth. Those types of games aren't really your thing, are they? I'm so bad at them. I'm like, I'm like a deaf elephant walking around a very silent room filled with mouse traps. And all the enemies are just like, what the fuck is that? And there's me just stumbling across the middle of the floor, tripping over my own feet. Nani. <laughs> Zarn kind of nailed it on the head with this one. We didn't really get much of the story of what's going on. It's swapping between a guy who's kind of touring the world and adventuring around and running from enemies and then this like English dude that's like just chilling in his house safe and sound yeah was was he like writing a book about this character's journey or, or was it like his journey from the past so many questions uh, there yeah there are a lot of questions what i do know is that the gate or the art style here was beautiful the environment was very realistic looking which contrasted the main character really well because the main character that was moving around looked a lot more cartoony with the art style but the environments looked beautiful and it was a weird contrast but it has its own elegance to it i want to say that I think is really going to shine amongst PlayStation fans. This game also gave me huge Breath of the Wild vibes too, because pretty much everything you could do in Breath of the Wild, this guy's alter ego, whatever, the, the kid with the sword was doing the same thing. Like this kid reminded me of Link so hard from the cooking, the combat, the exploration of the world. And then towards the end of the trailer, when a giant cartoony dragon drops down in front of you 
it just looked incredible. It really did. So just another single player story-driven adventure game that's probably going to be my cup of tea. Again, probably no co-op, probably no multiplayer, but... Probably a very deep story. Probably. I can't wait. I can't wait. Next... Finally, the fans of sports games got a little bit of fan service. Yeah, they did. They did have one sports game in the showcase. NBA 2K21 was later on in the showcase. Now, I don't know if this was obvious by listening to three guys who run a podcast about video games. I'm not a huge fan of sports. Full disclosure, I did not watch this showcase. I just skipped Are you kidding? You went on to the next game. Zach is a huge fan of uh, football, but other than that, he's not terribly into sports either. All right, last time I picked up a sports game was MLB The Show, and I think I broke three Xbox controllers, broke the disc of the game, and never touched a sports game since. Jesus Christ, so it's a (laughs) So it's a rage thing with you? Well, I mean, it wasn't at first. And I mean, those controllers happened over separate events. And then finally, I came to the conclusion out of pure calmness that the disc needed to be destroyed and it held an evil power over me. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, obviously, it's a basketball game. So the the story isn't too (coughs) insane here. What I will say is that it probably boasts some of the most realistic looking graphics that the PlayStation is going to offer. I couldn't even tell that this dude that they're showcasing in the video wasn't actually him talking. The sweat, (laughs) I've never been so impressed with sweat before. Okay, it's true. I did watch about maybe like a third of this. I did see a little bit of the gameplay because I figured it would be nice to see how how the new graphics look. And yeah, it's true. Sweat is gross in video games. And here's what I will say about the PlayStation for sports fans. Because of the solid state drive and the new technology that are going into the consoles, you're going to see a stadium full of fans that is incredibly reminiscent of an actual game. Lifelike people actually doing things that normal jerks do at sports games like maybe dumping beer on one another and getting in fist fights and cheering i want to see people paying for hot dogs and peanuts <laughs> just like a little video over to the concession stand that's where you'll no, that's my dream better that's yet a-, a mini game where you play that concession stand guy and you watch the other players playing the game and you give people peanuts I'm not even exaggerating. That's the best goddamn idea I've ever heard in my whole life. I mean, come on. They have a little mini game where you can be a basketball team manager. Why can't you be the concession stand? Why are you running the concession stand for funnel cake and hot dogs? I wouldn't even touch the main game. I would just play that. Yeah, me too. That's (laughs) worth $60 right there. Take my freaking money. So sports games, you know it's not going to be deep, but I will say it looks gorgeous, and I don't have much else to say about that. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on indeed, because this (laughs) next game wins the award for biggest hidden gem in the whole showcase. We're talking about the game Bug Snacks. God, you're not kidding. This game was, this was weird. It was made by the creators of Octodad, so you know it's just messed up. Bug Snacks, essentially, it's a cartoony looking world with little critters running around, except they're all made of food. Yeah. And you play as a character that's like, eats the food and like, you're like looking for these things to eat. And I don't know exactly what's happening. All I know is I love it. 
Yeah, so like you eat a cheeseburger and then your arm turns into a curly fry or you eat a hot dog and your leg turns into a wiener. (laughs) 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 Like at one point, one of the characters comes up and he's like clearly eating a bunch of the bug snacks because he's got two wiener hands and he's got like a hot dog uh, or a hot dog bun body and like chicken legs as legs. He's like, so I was carrying a torch through town, but my weenie hands dropped it. Now the town's on fire. (laughs) And then the main lady who's like kind of going over this whole project with, he's like, oh, really? Again? And so she runs off and she's got like a donut hand and a curly fry hand. She's like, oh, let's put the town fire out. But really, they're all just going to grill themselves. That's amazing. I love it. It it really, it looked a lot like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs had a love child with Animal Crossing. Well, I'm sold. That's the best best description I've ever heard of a game in my whole life. And I mean it. Like, what the fuck is going on in this game? Don't know. Don't care. I love it. I love it. And I want to play it. After Bug Snacks, why did they, why didn't they just end it on Bug Snacks? Honestly, they could have only showed Bug Snacks. And we're like, that's it. I'm buying this console. Sold. Take my money. All right. The game after that was a game called Demon Souls. Now, this game looks interesting. This is giving me a lot of like heaven versus hell type vibes. There's demons running around, slinging axes. There's knights. There's, oh my God, it looked cool. What do you think, Zar? Okay, this may be a dumb question, but is this the remake of the prequel to Dark Souls? Because the first Dark Souls game was called Demon Souls. That's a great question that I don't actually know the answer to. And I was trying to figure out that out the whole time because it looked a lot like Dark Souls. And then when they said Demon Souls, I was like, oh shit, did they remake it? Because it looks beautiful. And I'm never gonna play it because I'm gonna die way too often. <laughs> Full disclosure for P and I mean it may not even be a remake of Demon Souls. But anyway, for those people out there that think Dark Souls is hard, Demon Souls was 10 leagues above Dark Souls. Like it made Dark Souls look like Hello Kitty's Island Adventure. Literally, how is that even possible? It's <laughs> exactly. That's a little bit in Demon Souls. Uh, like we said, later on in the showcase, they're not really giving a whole lot of the story of what's going on. Just some great looking gameplay to get you pumped up for what's to come. And it worked. Oh, yeah. They just kind of started rapid firing the games and you just have a seizure of euphoria. To be fair, they wrap it all up with something that I actually called, but we're not quite there yet. So what do you say we keep this train going? Woo-woo. All right. So after Demon Souls is a game called death loop this game was one of the most interesting games i thought do you think this gets your badge for like hidden gem best game of showcased i still i i would have to give that to bug snacks (laughs) (laughs) obviously 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 this one was definitely close because it was um i don't know if you ever played the game uh house of the dead overkill i didn't know (laughs) that definitely sounds like a game you'd play though (laughs) All right, all right, okay. Um, so you know those grindhouse films and how they're done in that kind of cheesy style uh, film poster looking thing? Yeah, that is what 
this game looks like. It looks like a film poster, and it's it's a game where assassins gather on this island, and you play this main character, who unfortunately is the target of literally everybody on the island. And so on that island, everybody but you is there to do nothing but get fucking wasted and shoot your brains out. And not necessarily in that order. I'm sad now. <laughs> but you do have, have a kicker, and uh, this is your ace in the hole. You are one stubborn motherfucker, and I quote. <laughs> so you're saying that this game reminds you of that? Well, no, like, that. that is this game. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay. Yes. Okay. You like all the people on the island are trying to kill you and every time you die, it's it's like that game we mentioned earlier. And so every time the character dies, he wakes back up. And every time he dies, he learns something different. And so he's got to try to kill I think it was like seven assassins that are on the island before midnight. And it's just a constant run and gun. I think it was a first person shooter where every time you die, you just loop back and something changes. I'm getting some great vibes of the art style too. I'm getting like Bioshock type vibes and you know I love Bioshock. Yeah, it was definitely creepy with everybody in a masquerade style party. Yes, yes, but it looks very, very cool. And it's from Bethesda. Yeah, Bethesda had two games in this sh in this showcase that was actually pretty surprising. You know, I know that we give Bethesda the flack of, you know, how awful their games can be sometimes. Only when it's their own development. When they are in conjunction with another studio, those games are flawless. <laughs> that's 100% totally fair. So I'll give that to you. Now, Czar, I want to give you the floor for this next game because after Deathloop, we got a game that, to be honest, a lot of people were anticipating. I honestly thought it wasn't going to happen, but I was proven wrong. I'm talking about Resident Evil Village. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy Star, shit. The floor is yours. I did not think they were going to do this. Right? I didn't either. The entire video, I was just watching. I was like, that Resident Evil? Is this Resident Evil? <laughs> like, guys, guys, is this Resident Evil? Are you, are you seeing this? Is this Resident Evil? <laughs> All of a sudden, there's like a flash of of the umbrella medallion, like their logo, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is god, this this, this it can't be a coincidence. This is a Resident Evil. Like you can't lie to me. This is Resident Evil, right?" Video goes on a little bit. Video goes on a little bit, and all of a sudden, it says his story will come to a close, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, oh my god, Ethan." Oh my god, Ethan! <laughs> oh yeah, Ethan's, Ethan's screwed. They don't need to tell us the story for this game because I can tell you what it's going to be. Ethan's done for. Ethan's going to die. Yeah, fuck Ethan, man. Fuck Ethan Winters. Like, oh. But like, okay, so he's set in, in what looks like kind of a similar landscape to Resident Evil 4, where it's got like these kind of rural, poor, uh, yeah, feudal state uh, royalty with dukes and such. And, you know, all of the villagers are armed with very simplistic weaponry, and it looked very Van Helsing-ish. Oh, yeah. Towards the end of, of the gameplay, you saw a monster that you've never seen in Resident Evil. This thing was not a zombie. This thing was not a worm head. This thing was not a gross, decomposing piece of flesh. No, this thing was a manimal. 
this thing looked like a goddamn werewolf. And so the B.O.W.s just look very mythological. And oh my God, I could talk for hours about this game. I am so freaking excited. And there was a cameo at the very end, but I will not spoil that because I about shat myself when I saw it. You know what? I'll give that to you. You need to go see that for yourself. What I wanted to say, which is what I think is interesting, is how Resident Evil 7 really set the precedent for what Resident Evil games are going to be like from now on, because this was a first person view for Resident Evil games. So I think they're pretty much going to stick with that from here on out. At least for a while, um, at least for this, for the last game and this game, I can't say about the future of Resident Evil, but full disclosure, I like the first person uh, viewpoint. I think it adds a definite layer of immersion to the titles. I completely agree. I really do. Um, And giving it the title of Resident Evil 7 is what bothered a lot of people when Resident Evil 7 came out. Like, well, I don't like the first person. Like, this is a good horror game, but you shouldn't have called it Resident Evil. Like, I'm like, shut up. This is awesome. (laughs) It's got Umbrella, right? It's made by Capcom, right? Well, shut the hell up. It's Resident Evil. It's Resident Evil. Embrace change. It's 2020. (laughs) That was also the only full-on horror game that they put into this gameplay demo. I think there's a few games on this list that had, like, elements of horror, but Resident Evil was the only horror game that they put into this whole demo, and I think they knocked it out of the park with the gameplay. Yeah, that was a phenomenal-looking game. Full disclosure, I watched it four times in a row. We know what your gold star for for the gameplay trailer is, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, a lot of people predicted that they were going to see this, and I was a non-believer for this one. I had no idea. I would not have believed it if you would have told me because of how third-party it is, but holy shit, much hype. We're almost through this. We've got two games left, and the next one on the list is a game called Pragmatic. Another game by Capcom. Sorry, this game's called Pragmatic, not Pragmatic, Pragmatic. Uh, Capcom's knocking it out of the park, huh? Yeah, I mean, never count Capcom down and out. They will always come back with either Dead Rising, Resident Evil, Mega Man, and then hell, even these new standalone titles like Pragmata. The gameplay here, this is a realist, that has got realistic, beautiful looking graphics. Um, it's this guy in a space suit, full on space suit with a helmet where you can't see his face like walking the streets of what I want to say is downtown New York with all the bright signs and billboards and lights like a freaking Marvel movie, but nobody's there. It seems to be completely abandoned. He's just walking in the middle of the street alone. And then he seems to have like this little Android cyborg girl with him who has an Android cyborg cat with her. Yeah, she does. It was the second time you saw a cat in the showcase. Goddamn, PlayStation loves the kitties. <laughs> that Well, that's it. Zara's buying this game. I mean, if you sell your console with kitties, you're going to have a hard time not accepting my money. Take all of Zara's money. <laughs> <laughs> Take it all just for the kitties. <laughs> all right. So that was kind of the setting. All of a sudden, you see the satellite-looking thing crash through the sky, which looks like it's made of, like, these light panels. It's And shatter the universe? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the little girl, like, does something to the satellite. It looks incredible. It looks like a really, really creative sci-fi type of game. When I first saw it and saw the guy in the astronaut, sh- in the astronaut suit, I was like, is that Isaac Clarke? Are they doing a, <laughs> a, a Dead Space thing here? And then when I saw it, like, go on further, I was like, 
holy shit, this is like Dead Space meets Bioshock. Like, you are playing the big daddy right now. And then at the end of the trailer, they're like on the moon looking at the Earth, and like half of it looks blacked out. Oh my god. Such a beautiful, gorgeous looking shot. It reminds me, it's giving me vibes, and a couple of games honestly have done this throughout the playthrough. The game Detroit Become Human, one of the great, uh, like a very underrated PlayStation exclusive, but that's what it's giving me is like some Detroit Become Human vibes. Yeah. Another beautiful single player story-driven game. I honestly don't think this is going to be as big of a hitter for PlayStation as some of the other titles that we've seen in the gameplay trailer, but that's okay. It's going to have its place among some of the great games that PlayStation releases, um, and I'm really excited for it. And yeah, it's a strong title for Capcom. All right, we have one game left to talk about, and I called this. Yeah, you did. I called this. The last thing, the last game that they showed off in the gameplay trailer was Horizon Forbidden West, a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. I'm not going to lie. When I said that I was anticipating this, I said that out of my ass a little bit. Zach and I didn't take you seriously. We were just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, you can predict that if you want, but whatever. And then they did it. Like, holy crap. Here's the thing about Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a huge heavy hitter in the PlayStation library. It's a huge big game that did not win Game of the Year in 2018 because literally the only game that could have put it in its place was The Legend of Zelda Breath and the Breath of the Wild. And I think PlayStation wants a little bit of revenge. <laughs> I think they may get it with this game. There's a reason they showed it last. Good God, this deserves a few minutes of our time. So first of all, the graphics. Czar, how beautiful was this game? It was wicked shiny. There were plenty of shots from the game with mountains and like kind of this dragon scene in a cave and a desert and it all looks beautiful. But you know what really grabbed my attention more than any of that was the underwater scenes? Yeah. Oh my God, how beautiful was that? Oh, it was stunning. Yeah, we're really going to be treated to something really, really special with this game. If you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you should get on that. One, because right now the game is like $10 because it's been out for a few years, but yeah. also because it really is a heavy hitter for PlayStation. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but with great looking graphics, a great looking story, and an amazing looking world. Holy crap. What a way to end a gameplay demo. You aren't, you aren't kidding on that one. It was incredible to see. And that wasn't it though. That was not the end of the showcase. What do you think, Zar? Have we said all that we need to say about the games? Because we need to dedicate just a little bit of time to this next section. Oh, absolutely. And I can't believe how many games we just covered. Oh my God, I'm out of breath. Yeah, damn PlayStation, hats off to you. But like you said, that's not it. The final thing we're going to talk about in this podcast, we've talked about the overall feel of the gameplay trailers. We've talked about the gameplay trailers themselves. The last thing that happened in this amazing Future of Gaming showcase was the unveil of what the console is going to look like. Yup, yeah, this was the moment that really had people in wonder. 
it's hard to really get into this without showing people what the console looks like. If you haven't seen what the PlayStation 5 looks like yet, first of all, you're under a rock. But second of all, we will post some pictures in the Twitter later. So if you really, honest to God, have not seen it yet and you really want to, head on over to our Twitter. Come get your game tea. Come get your game tea. Okay, so Zar, I want to ask you first. First of all, what was your initial thought when you saw the PlayStation versus how has that kind of changed now that it's settled a little bit? It looked like Batman. It looks like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the sharp, the sharp ears on top. And I don't know. It just kind of looked like Batman to me. <laughs> that's not bad. But did you like it? My first impression was, damn, that's ugly. And then yeah. when they started rotating around it and really showing it off and I had a couple minutes to let it sink in, I really started getting behind it. I like the color. I like the really sleek design. I'm wondering if it's able to be set on its side as well as tipped up vertically. I've actually already received the answer to that from other people and the answer is no. And the reason why is for airflow purposes. And I get that. Well, okay, I'm, I'm okay with consoles doing that because I mean, it definitely did, the PlayStation looked like it had a little pedestal that it slipped into so that it could stabilize. Initially, you thought it looked ugly. Well, it was by the end of the, it was by the end of the showcase where I was really starting to get behind it. It's got a really cool sleek design. I like that middle part that has the air vents built into it. Yeah, I mean, like, the reason why consoles are going vertical now is for airflow purposes. I mean, with as much power as the next generation consoles are going to have, they're going to put out a lot of heat. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. <laughs> the look of the PlayStation, I mean, I was taken aback when I first saw it, but then after letting it settle for a little while, I really like the design. I really do. I really like the design. I think it's sleek. I think it's futuristic and new and we haven't even talked about the fact that there's actually two playstation 5s there's the playstation 5 that's going to have the disc tray built in and then there's the nice symmetrical version that is digital edition only where there's no disc tray and you can only have digital downloads yeah, I talked about Xbox doing that a while ago. And so it's really cool to see PlayStation doing the same thing because, you know, we've gotten to that point in gaming where we realize that there is a massive demand for digital download. And so game makers are like, all right, well, let's make a console that's about a hundred bucks cheaper. And since we know you're never going to get a physical copy, you can just download anything you want onto it. And I think that accessibility says wonders for both companies. Yeah, essentially there's two versions of the PlayStation 5 coming out. One completely digital edition, one that does have the, tra the CD tray in it. The only thing kind of holding me back from going completely digital, which honest to God, I didn't even think about before, was the fact that if I got the one without the tray i wouldn't have a blu-ray player anymore but I'll, I'll still have my playstation 4 oh yeah and i mean you can always download and stream movies too exactly like i maybe put a blu-ray disc into my playstation maybe three or four times a year i do own some blu-rays oh yeah but it's nice to have that option i talked a big game where i kind of made the prediction like we're probably going fully digital sometime by the end of this year i said that months ago and now that it's here i'm a little hesitant but i think the best way to deal with this is just to go dive headfirst into digital edition and just get on with it i say i think there's still going to be that little bit of a transition but i definitely think by the next time if we see another generation of consoles which we most likely will see and I think those, that next generation is going to be 100% digital. 
All right, so the console kind of had everybody in this weird state of limbo where they didn't know what to think. Um, I felt like people were a lot more decisive with the controller. Zar, do you like the controller? Loved everything about the controller. They didn't really seem to change the controller from last time. You know, if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, they just touched it up a little bit, made it more conforming to the to the hands, and really just sleeked it up, put a little bit of grip with it, and enhanced the, the time reaction commands and... I don't have anything negative to say about the controller. I think it looks perfect. So they really enhanced the haptic control in the controller. That's where you're going to really be able to feel your games as a part of the whole experience. Really sensitive, cool triggers. The buttons look amazing. Uh, D-pad looks great. Thumbsticks. There's a built-in microphone in the controller and a built-in speaker in the controller. It's a cool-looking controller, and there's a lot of cool technology packed into the controller as well. That's really all I have to say about the controller is that's probably the coolest part about all of this. Even then, after that, they also put out a couple of more things with the controllers, didn't they? Yeah, and that, this was kind of weird. They they started introducing a bunch of accessories for the PlayStation 5. First of all, um, they introduced a new HD camera that's going to be available with the PlayStation. By the way, the PlayStation is probably going to come with the console and a controller, and that's it. If you want any of this extra cool stuff, it's definitely going to be sold separately. Yeah, it'll be like a limited edition or like a, an exclusive edition that comes with all the accessories. It'll be available, but it'll probably be about $200 pricier. It'll come with two or three games or something. I think you're totally right. One of the things unveiled was a new HD camera for the PlayStation, which it almost looks like it might be wireless. That'd be cool. I think it was. It did look Bluetooth, and I think it somehow was able to attach to the PlayStation. Otherwise, your TV or something like that. But it, it definitely looked like one of those little little batarangs, like your PlayStation was throwing a batarang, and it was a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also got a little PlayStation controller charger that like a charging stand that you can get with your extra controllers. It holds two controllers. So awesome. There's a sl really slick looking media remote that you can use because consoles for a long time have been going towards like just replacing your whole essentially cable box because it can stream all these different channels. And I mean, PlayStation has their own PlayStation view service. That's essentially TV. So they're offering up this really sleek looking remote that you can buy. And finally, um, this headset. Now I think the headset is probably the coolest thing about all of this because they're basically boasting that along with all the amazing technology they're putting in the game regarding like sound enhancement, that this new set of headphones that I think they're calling like the Pulse headset or something like that really is going to complement all of that incredibly well. What do you think of that, Zar? Yeah, it, these headsets are definitely a major selling point for the console. They are wireless, Bluetooth, and noise canceling, and they look sleek as hell. And was there a mic built into it? Or was there a mic accessory for it I thought I saw? Or was it just the headphones? Well, I think the headset's probably going to have a built-in microphone. Like the current PlayStation Gold headset, that's how they do it, is it's a built-in microphone that's like on the side of the right ear cup. So that ear, that piece that goes from the headset to the mouth is usually pretty ugly so i think they're trying to go sleekness is definitely the name of the game with what playstation's trying to do 
Oh yeah, with with uh, as few extremities to the accessories as you can muster. And that was the PlayStation 5 Future of Gaming Showcase. We did it, we made it through. Damn. And I am I am winded after yep. this episode. Man, all this hype. And I can't believe I, I talked this much PlayStation without gagging. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> it's because of stray and bug snacks. You want those games. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I want so many games from this list. Like, holy shit, PlayStation, stop stealing my heart. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I love PlayStation, because you know I'm a huge fan of all gaming. This is genuinely the best gaming showcase I've ever seen in my life. The games presented were phenomenal and had great gameplay. The showcase itself with the speakers and the animations were gorgeous. And the console reveal at the end was everything I wanted it to be and more. I, I could not have been more overwhelmed by a showcase. Like we may not have gotten E3 this year, but damn PlayStation, you delivered. So, I mean, like with uh, Xbox's event, it could have had more content jam-packed into it, but I'm really hoping that PlayStation really set the precedent because up until now, Nintendo kind of had it in the bag with obviously their Nintendo Directs. And I don't think this was better than a Nintendo Direct. I think it was good for different reasons. They, I think PlayStation went in a different direction and they knew what they wanted to do and they just nailed it so hard. Oh yeah, they, they blew this out of the water. It was incredible. They far surpassed all of my expectations and it was incredible good job playstation with all that being said have you changed your mind for which console you're getting never maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> my head hurts i want a sandwich i'm very happy with the showcase they did a great job of presenting sequels as well as new titles there's a lot to be excited for with playstation i don't know zach what are your final thoughts how long has Zach not been here? <laughs> I don't think he's ever been here. Zach was here. He said things and it's did stuff. not Ryel. Here, I'll be. I'll be Zach. <laughs> Nintendo. 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 <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> we love you, Zach. Next time I get a vacation, <laughs> you guys always get vacations. I want vacation. But what about your perfect attendance? What do I get for perfect attendance? <laughs> A gold star? Where's my gold star? Uh, it's in the mail. All right. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> I better get that star. It's never coming. <laughs> Dude, I'm exhausted. We have put a lot of thought and love and care into this episode of the podcast talking about PlayStation, but it's time to come to an end. Ooh, yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, scrub my mouth out with some Halo. <laughs> oh, you mean your console's only good exclusive? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> we got gears. Hey, we made we made a pact. We made a pact. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We That's made a pact. <laughs> great showcase. Great episode of the podcast. We miss you, Zach. I'm out of here. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Until then, everybody. Here, I'll be, yeah, I'll be. I'll be Zach. I'll be Zach. Bye. I was kind of <laughs> hoping we'd do it together. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Bye. bye.